Now, I want you to know that truth can come to us in a variety of different ways. And um, sometimes truth comes to us as an oxymoron. You guys know what that means, right? An oxymoron is when you take two seemingly contradictory things and put them together to reveal the truth. Now, some of you are sitting back there and you're going, oh, by the way, the uh, title of that movie is an oxymoron. Peaceful warrior, peace and war seem to be contradictory ideas, but the truth is even you can find peace even in the midst of conflict. You can even find peace in the midst of war if you're looking for peace in the right place. Now, you may be wondering, Craig, what does that have to do with Easter? We came here to worship the Lord, to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, right? What does that have to do with Easter? Well, listen to me. I'm here to tell you this morning that that Easter and everything leading up to Easter is the greatest oxymoron the world has ever known. And if I haven't lost you yet, this morning, if you just hang with me just a few more minutes, I'm going to show you what I mean, okay? Here's the truth. The truth is that humanity have been, we have been a mess from the very beginning. Somebody say amen. Because that's the truth. Well, maybe not from the very beginning. It actually, the mess actually began back in Genesis chapter 3. Y'all know what happened in Genesis chapter 3? In Genesis chapter 3 was when um, Adam and Eve chose to eat from the tree of the forbidden fruit, right? And when they chose to eat from that tree, sin, the seed of sin, was implanted in all of humanity. And it's been a mess ever since. And it's just gotten messier and messier ever since. But here's the good news. God didn't abandon us to the mess. Say amen to that. Say amen. Because God, from the very beginning, had a plan to clean up your mess, which is sin. In fact, from the very beginning, God started telling humanity that he had a plan to clean up your sin. You go all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 once again. In Genesis chapter 3, the same chapter where Adam and Eve ate from the fruit, right? God confronts the serpent. Who's the serpent? It's the devil, right? It's Satan. And he confronts the serpent who tempted Adam and Eve to sin. And by the way, we we want to blame it all on the serpent. No. Some people want to blame it on Eve. Don't you do it. Everybody chooses the mess. God says to the serpent, however, he says, listen, he was prophesying to the serpent. He says there in verse 15, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says, the seed of the woman shall crush your head just as you have bruised his heel. That was a prophecy. That was God saying to the serpent, and then to everyone who would read Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, from that day forward, it was God saying, I've got a plan. I'm going to send you a Messiah to clean up the mess, which is sin, that you've created for yourself. And because we are human beings, we hear that God has a plan, that he's going to send us a Messiah that will clean up our sins. We think we've got it all figured out, because God thinks just the way we think, yes? Wrong, no. 
We believe because God's going to send us a Messiah, and this is the way we would think, that he's going to be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he is. But we think he's going to be a king, or we thought he was going to be a great military leader or a political leader to take care of all this mess that has been created. This, my friends, is where the oxymoron begins. For it says in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, that the king of kings, when God sent the king of kings into the world, um, that he was sent to a palace, right? Right? No. The king of kings, when he came, was sent into the world, was born in a barn as a baby. And he was such a big deal that they, they laid him in a feeding trough. We make it sound pretty when we call it a manger in those songs at Christmas time. But it was a feeding trough. The king of kings, his bed was a feeding trough. Oxymoron. In Matthew chapter 18, the king of kings presented another oxymoron. When he said, if you want to know how to get to heaven, look at the children. If you want to know how to get to heaven, follow the children. Oxymoron. In Mark chapter 10, verse 43, the King of kings and the Lord of lords presents us with another oxymoron. He says, his disciples are arguing, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And he says, if you want to know how to be the greatest in the kingdom, you've got to become a servant. Sound familiar? There's no greater, there's no greater calling than to serve others. Oxymoron. And last Sunday, on Palm Sunday, you remember, Pastor Billy's preaching about the triumphal entry of the King of Kings into Jerusalem. And when he, as, he's, as he's coming, as he's riding into Jerusalem, he comes riding on a, in a chariot, right? No. When he comes riding into to Jerusalem on his triumphal entry, he comes riding a war horse, right? No. He comes riding on a donkey's colt. Not even a donkey, a donkey's colt. Oxymoron. When two seemingly contradictory things come together to reveal the truth. But you haven't seen anything yet. On Friday, 2,000 years ago, last Friday, 2,000 years ago, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords willingly chose to turn himself over to be beaten and flogged and hung on a cross where he would die between two thieves, right? At the time, I can guarantee you it didn't feel like an oxymoron to those who were followers of Jesus. They just felt like morons. Like, why did we fall for this guy? How could we have fought? He's just the son of a carpenter from Nazareth of all places. And nothing good comes from Nazareth, right? Heard that before. Why, why did we listen to him when he said, the first shall be last and the last shall be first? What in the world does that even mean? Or when he said, those who love their lives shall lose them. And those who lose their lives for my sake will find them unto life eternal. That's just craziness. They 
thought it was moronic. Until three days later. It says in John chapter 20, starting in verse 1, it says that on this day, 2,000 years ago, early in the morning before the sun even came up, it says, that Mary Magdalene, by the way, she was, a, she was an oxymoron in and of herself. She was this woman, she was, she was a prostitute who was filled with demons, and, and she chose to believe that Jesus could redeem her. And even though what she chose to believe in seemed to be a failure, she couldn't let go. So on this day, 2,000 years ago, before the sun came up, it says that she went to the tomb to prepare his body for an appropriate burial. And when she got there, the stone that had been rolled in front of the, 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 the cave or the tomb where he had been laid, it had been moved. And the, and the tomb was empty. Why? Because he who had been dead is now alive. Somebody say amen to that oxymoron. That is the ultimate oxymoron. How can you be dead and yet alive? That doesn't happen. That's crazy. And ever since that day, the King of kings and the Lord of lords has been turning your truth and the world's truth upside down. He has been saying to you in the midst of the mess that you created, nobody else created it, you did it. That there is hope and that your mess doesn't have to define your future anymore. He has been saying to you, he's been crying out to you as the ultimate and the oxymoron of, listen to me, there is hope. If only you would embrace this oxymoron today. There is hope from the mess that you created of your own life There's freedom to be found from the mess that you've created in your life. If only you would submit. Freedom is only found in submission. When two seemingly contradictory things come together, to reveal the truth. Listen to me. I'm glad y'all came today. I really am. Feels good to have the church filled, both services filled. And, but I'm going to say something to you that, you that you need to hear. Coming to church today doesn't really mean a thing unless you embrace the oxymoron that you've got to find freedom. You've got to submit to Jesus as Lord. Don't play religious games. Get real. Come to the realization. Now, you don't have to do it. If you enjoy your mess, live in it. But if you're tired of the mess, it's time to stop playing religious games and embrace the truth 
that in order to be free, you must submit. Coming to church doesn't set you free. Having a grandpa that was a pastor doesn't set you free. Going to Sunday school doesn't set you free. You are set free when you make the choice to accept Jesus into your heart as Lord and Savior. That's it. And maybe today on this Easter Sunday is the day that you should make that decision if you haven't ever done it before. Right over there is the, uh, if you've never been to Prairie Bible, that open door is our prayer room. And um, if you would like to pray that prayer of lordship, it'd be my privilege to pray it with you. By the way, you don't need to pray that prayer with me. I'm just some stupid dude that likes to stand up and scream on Sunday morning. You, you, amen. That's my brother ever right there. You do not need me. You need Jesus. Amen. You can say that prayer of lordship and salvation right in your seats or at home today when you leave. But if you'd like to pray that prayer with someone, I'd love to pray it with you. You got something else going on in your life that you need to pray? You'd like someone to pray with you for? I'd love to pray for that too. I'll be right.